0: بسم الرحمن الحمد العالمين الله وسلم وبارك على محمد صدري من علمنا ما continuing on with the biography of the great Khalifa Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Tonight insha'Allah we want to talk about Abu Bakr عنه, on the day of Hudaybiyah, the firmness that he showed, the trust and confidence that he showed in the decisions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam on that day, the day of Hudaybiyah. So the treaty of Hudaybiyah took place in the sixth year of the Hijrah and the background regarding the story, we discussed it in detail in the classes of the seerah. But quickly to go over it, the Muslims, they had come from Medina towards Makkah with the intention of performing Umrah. Not with the intention to fight, but with the intention of performing Umrah after the Prophet ﷺ had a dream where he saw himself and the companions making tawaf of the Kaaba. So he and his companions set forth from Medina towards Mecca. And they were wearing ihram. So it was very clear that they had come with the intention of Umrah, not with the intention to fight the kuffar of the Quraysh. So before they entered Mecca, the Quraysh prevented them from entering into the city. And they made a treaty with them. They made a deal with the Muslims. And from the conditions of this treaty, which is known as the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, because Hudaybiyah was the area outside of Mecca where the Muslims had set up their camp. That's why it's known as the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Hudaybiyah is the name of the place. So one of the conditions of this treaty, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, was that the Muslims this year they would not be allowed to enter Mecca and make umrah. So they were ready, you know, they had come all this way, they were almost in Mecca. They were very short distance away from Mecca. Right near the border of Mecca. And they had ihram. And they brought their sacrificial animals with them and everything. They had come all this distance and they were ready to go and make umrah. But now one of the conditions of this treaty is that the Muslims would not be allowed to enter Mecca this year. They would not be allowed to make umrah this year. They have to go back. And they can come back next year and make umrah. So this was one of the conditions. And this was a a very difficult condition for many of the Muslims to accept. Because they were so excited to come to Mecca, And this would have been the first time that they are coming back to Mecca after having made the hijrah six years earlier. So it was really, really heavy on them that they were not able to make Umrah this year. So that was one of the conditions. And there were also a number of other conditions on the Treaty of Hudaybiyah that seemed from the outside to be favorable towards the Quraysh and unfavorable towards the Muslims. That's what it looked like from the outside. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Perhaps you hate something, but it is good for you. Perhaps you love something, and it is bad for you. And Allah knows, and you do not know. And the Treaty of Hudaybiyah is a perfect example of this ayah. That it looked on the outside that it was not good. And the Muslims, they were not happy with the terms of this treaty. But it turned out that it all worked out in favor of the Muslims. It all worked out in favor of the Muslims. And it was actually due to the Treaty of Hudaybiyyah that the Fath of Mecca, the conquest of Mecca, occurred two years later. It was due to that treaty. So even though on the outside it looked unfavorable towards the Muslims, it was actually very favorable towards the Muslims. And this was from the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa agreed to all of these terms, all of these conditions. And many of the Muslims, they were not happy with these terms. And one of those Muslims who was not happy with the terms of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was Umar ibn al-Khattab. He was very unhappy. And he actually went up to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he said, Ya Rasulallah, why are we agreeing to this? Why are we agreeing to these terms? When we are upon truth and they are upon falsehood. Why should we agree to these terms? And the Prophet ﷺ, he replied to Umar رضي الله عنه يَا عُمَرْ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَلَسْتُ أَعْصِيهِ وَهُوَ ناصري. He said, Ya Umar, surely I am the messenger of Allah and I do not disobey him and he is my helper. And then Umar asked the Prophet وسلم, ya rasulullah but didn't you say that we will make tawaf you had this dream that we were coming and we'll make tawaf didn't you say that we will come and make tawaf and now we have to go back to medina and the prophet sallallahu alaihi said did i say that we will make tawaf this year did i say that it was going to be this year and umar radiyallahu he said no you didn't say that he said okay then you will make tawaf it will happen don't worry so this is what the Prophet ﷺ told Umar Radiallah. Umar was not happy with the treaty. Then Umar عنه, he went to Abu Bakr and he said, Ya Aba Bakr, Ya Aba Bakr, why are we agreeing to this? Why are we agreeing to these terms? When we are upon the truth and they are upon falsehood, Ya Aba Bakr, why are we agreeing to this? And Abu Bakr عنه, Now this shows the firmness, the trust, the confidence. That Abu Bakr an had in the Prophet that he will follow him no matter what. And he will not even hesitate and he will not even question it. Because he knows the way of Rasulullah is the best way. So when Umar radiallahu an asked Abu Bakr radiallahu an about it, Ya Abu Bakr, why why are we agreeing to these terms? Abu Bakr radiallahu an said, Ayyuhar Rajul. He said to Umar, Oh man, Innahu nahula Rasulullah. وَلَيْسَ يَعْصِيهِ وَهُوَ نَاصِرُهُ فَاسْتَمْسِكْ بِغَرْزِهِ Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه, He said, oh man, surely he is the messenger of Allah and he does not disobey Allah and Allah is his helper. So follow his path in whatever he says and whatever he does. Just hold on to him. Whatever he does, you just follow him. You don't need to question it. You don't need to hesitate about it. Know that his path is the only path. And follow him without hesitation. This shows the iman, the confidence, the trust of Abu Bakr and his closeness to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then Umar radiallahu anha, he asked Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, but didn't he say we will make tawaf? He had a dream and we're going to come and we're going to make tawaf. And Abu Bakr said, Did he say it's going to happen this year? He said we're going to make tawaf. Did he say it is going to happen this year, Ya Umar? And Umar Radiallahu An said no, he didn't say that. He said, then okay, relax. He said you will make tawaf, you will make tawaf. It will happen. Don't have any doubt about that, it will surely happen. So look at the similarity in the answer of the Prophet to Umar an and the answer of Abu Bakr radiallahu an to Umar radiallahu an. Look at the similarity. So Abu Bakr radiallahu an his way of thinking was very similar to the prophet sallallahu alaihi of course the prophet sallallahu was a messenger and he received revelation from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he is in a class of his own but abu bakr radiallahu an alhamdulillah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with a very sound mind and a very good way of thinking and you could see that he made sure that he always aligned himself exactly with the prophet sallallahu alaihi so this incident at Hudaybiyah it, it again proved the firmness of Abu Bakr. Anh. Even when many of the Muslims were not happy with the terms of this treaty and they were hesitant to accept the terms of this treaty, Abu Bakr anh said, if this was the decision of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then it is the right decision. Whether I understand it or I don't understand it, whether I see the terms as good or I don't see the good in them, that doesn't matter. If this is the decision of Rasulullah wasallam, then it is surely the right decision. This was always the way of Abu Bakr r.a. And this is something again that shows the greatness of Abu Bakr Now Umar An, after asking these questions, afterwards he felt guilty. He felt guilty. Why did I think like this? Why did I ask these questions? I should not. This, these thoughts should not have even come to my mind. So Umar radiallahu says that after that, I did many good deeds. I did many good deeds with the intention of compensating for the questions that I asked on that day of hudaybiyah He felt so guilty. He felt he did something wrong by asking those questions that he tried to do many good deeds after that to make up for what he asked on that day. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna alhasanati Surely good deeds, they cancel out and they wipe out bad deeds. So Umar he felt that what he did, these questions, he felt it was not good. So he wanted to do good deeds in order to wipe that out. Also from the great characteristics of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was that During the final illness of the Prophet ﷺ... When the Prophet ﷺ was in his last illness... The last few days of his life before he passed away ﷺ... During those days the Prophet ﷺ became too weak to lead the prayers. The Prophet ﷺ as the leader of the Ummah, as the leader of the Muslims... He would lead the prayers. But when he became too sick and too weak to lead the prayers... He ordered that Abu Bakr radiAllahu an take his place as the Imam while the Prophet sallAllahu was still alive. But he was sick in bed. He ordered that Abu Bakr radiAllahu an should take over the responsibility of leading the people in the prayer. And this is a very clear sign, a very clear indication that Abu Bakr radiAllahu an was the rightful successor of the Prophet sallAllahu alaihi that he was to be the Amirul Mu'mineen after the passing away of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because leading the salah is the most important responsibility. So if he gave that responsibility to Abu Bakr, it's a clear sign that he should be Amirul Mu'mineen after the passing away of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to Aisha radhiyallahu Anha Bakrin bin That order Abu Bakr to go and lead the people in prayer. So Aisha radiallahu anha, she hesitated to do this at first. She said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, my father, my father, he cries a lot in the prayer. And he cries to such an extent that the people behind him, sometimes they don't even understand what is he reading. He's reading Quran, but he's crying so much that the people behind him, they don't know which surah he's reading. So, so Ya Rasulullah, maybe you can appoint Umar anhu instead. Because he has a stronger voice. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, No, Bakrin bin Nas." It has to be Abu Bakr. And Aisha radiallahu anha tried to do this a few times. She tried to convince him to make it Umar instead. But at the end, the Prophet ﷺ actually got angry with her. He got angry with her and he said, No, it will be Abu Bakr and only Abu Bakr. So then Aisha radiallahu anha she, she saw that this cannot change. And she went out and she found Abdullah ibn Zum'ah and she told him to go and find Abu Bakr to tell him to come and lead the people in prayer so Abdullah ibn Zum'ah he went out but Abu Bakr on that day he was actually outside of the city he was actually outside of the city he had a wife who lived on the outskirts of Medina so he was with her on that day he was not in town so when Abdullah ibn Zum'ah could not find Abu Bakr he said, okay, let me get Umar to do it instead. He didn't know about this whole conversation that Aisha radiallahu anha had with the Prophet wasallam. So when he couldn't find Abu Bakr, he just got Umar. And he said, you lead the people in the prayer. So Umar radiallahu didn't, didn't know that this command was actually for Abu Bakr, but because Abu Bakr couldn't be found, that's why Abdullah ibn zumah told Umar to do it. He thought that this came from the Prophet wasallam. That's why he's being told to do this. So Umar radiallahu went to lead the people in prayer. When he said, Allahu Akbar, and he started leading the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ was in his bed, and his home was attached to the masjid. So he could hear whatever is going on. When he heard the voice of Umar ibn khattab and Umar radiyallahu he had a very distinct and powerful voice. So the Prophet ﷺ immediately noticed that this is not Abu Bakr, this is Umar. So then he became angry. And then he said, Aina Abu Bakr? Where is Abu Bakr? Where is Abu Bakr? And he said, "Ya'ba Allahu wa Rasuluhu al-Mu'minun." Ya'ba Allahu wa Rasuluhu al-Mu'minun. Allah does not accept that, and His messenger does not accept it, and the believers will not accept anyone except Abu Bakr. It has to be Abu Bakr. Another very clear indication that Abu Bakr was the one to take over. The responsibilities of this ummah after the passing away of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So then, Abu Bakr came. They got him, and Abu Bakr led the prayers during the illness of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And again, this is a very clear sign that he was to be appointed the Khalifa of the Prophet sallallahu after his passing away sallallahu Now, on the day that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed away. That was the saddest day in the history of mankind, the biggest calamity and tragedy that the people ever went through. And Abu Bakr عنه, who was the closest companion to the Prophet wasallam, of course this affected him deeply and he was very saddened from the beautiful characteristics of Abu Bakr was that even in times of extreme difficulty even after the onset onset of a calamity or a tragedy Abu Bakr had the ability to remain firm and strong and to unite the people when the Prophet passed away the companions they didn't know what to do they didn't know what to do they were crying and some of them didn't believe that the Prophet passed away. Some of them said, no, this can't be happening. Chaos occurred amongst the people of Medina. It was, it was chaos because they didn't know how to, how to deal with this situation, the passing away of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa How do we go on after this? They didn't know how to handle this situation. But Abu Bakr radiallahu he came he went to the room of the prophet sallallahu alaihi he confirmed that yes the prophet sallallahu has actually passed away he kissed the prophet sallallahu on his forehead and he said tib tahayyan wa ya rasul ya rasul you are in a good situation and you are beautiful in your life and even after you have died and then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu went out to the masjid and he saw Umar ibn al Khattab radiallahu anhu saying that whoever says that the Prophet has died, then I will kill this person. The Prophet has not died. So Umar radiallahu anhu was addressing the people and then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, even though he himself was so deeply affected and saddened by the situation, he knew that he had to keep himself strong and he needed to unite the people as well. So he told Umar, he said, Ya Umar, sit down, ageless Ya Umar. But Umar, radiallahu anhu, he couldn't hear anything. He was in his own world and he continued to speak. So then Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, went to a different part of the masjid and he started to speak as well. And he said his famous words. He said, Man kana ya'budu Muhammadan, fa inna Muhammadan qad mat. wa Woman kana ya'budu Allah, fa inna Allah hayun la yamut. He said, Whoever used to worship Muhammad, then know that Muhammad has passed away. But whoever worshipped Allah, then Allah is alive and he never dies. And then he recited the ayah Wama Muhammadun Illa Rasul, qablihi Rusul, Aw ala and Muhammad is only a messenger, many messengers have passed on before him. If he dies or if he is killed, will you turn back on your heels? Will you turn back on your heels if he dies or if he is killed? So Umar said, when Abu Bakr recited the ayah, that ayah is in the Qur'an. But Umar said, when he recited it, it is as if we heard it for the first time. It is as if we heard it for the first time. And even Umar when he heard it, that was the moment that he realized that yes, the Prophet has actually passed away. And then Umar says, when Abu Bakr recited the ayah and I heard it and I realized that this is really happening he said my legs were cut off beneath me i couldn't feel my legs anymore and i fell down to the ground and that is when everyone realized that the reality is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi has left this dunya so then Order was restored. The people, of course, they were sad and they were crying, but now they understood the situation. So, Abu Bakr, anh, with his firmness and his strength, he was able to unite the people. Again, it shows the qualities of a strong leader, someone who can remain firm and strong even in times of calamity, even when a disaster strikes, he was still calm. So, Abu Bakr, radiallahu anh, look at this person, mashallah. In salah, his, softest, his heart is so soft that he cries so much that the people can't even hear what surah he is reading. That is how soft his heart is. But when it's time to be firm and strong, he is able to be firm and strong as well and to keep himself together and control his emotions. In a time of extreme sadness, he was able to keep things under control. These are beautiful qualities of a real leader. And that was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu so after the passing away of the Prophet sallallahu the Ansar, the people of Medina, and they composed of the, the tribes of Aus and Khazraj. The people of Medina gathered in an area, they gathered in a place uh, known as Saqeefa, Bani Sa'idah. And they gathered there to discuss now who should take over, who should take, take over the leadership of the Muslims. The Ansar, they gathered. They didn't invite any of the muhajireen. They didn't invite any of the, of the Quraysh, of the Muslims from the Quraysh of Mecca. Rather, it was the Ansar who gathered amongst themselves because they thought that, you know, this is our city. We are the actual people of Medina. So now the leadership position should come to one of us. This is what they were thinking. They were thinking it, it would not go to the Quraysh. The Quraysh are not even from here. They came from Mecca and they settled in our lands. This is actually our lands. Now that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away, one of us, one of the Ansar, should take over. This was their thinking. So the Ansar, they gathered at Saqifah Bani Sa'idah and they they started discussing amongst themselves who amongst us should take over, who should become Amirul Mu'mineen. And they were ready to appoint Sa'ad Ibn Ubada as the Khalifa. The Ansar amongst themselves, they were ready to... Appoint Sa'ad ibn Uba'dah. Sa'ad ibn Uba'dah, he was the leader of the tribe of Khazraj. He was the leader of the tribe of Khazraj. So he was, he was the, the main leader of the Ansar. So they thought that we will appoint him as the leader of the Muslims now that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away. So while they were at Saqifah Bani Sa'idah discussing amongst themselves who we should appoint as the, the ruler, the news came to Abu Bakr Abu Bakr was not there; he was taking care of other things. This was this was this was the day that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi passed away, right? So there are a lot of things to take care of. So Abu Bakr عنه, was not in that meeting. But someone came, and he's uh, someone came to Abu Bakr and informed him, "Ya Abu Bakr, the Ansar they have gathered and they're they're talking amongst themselves and they're they're ready to appoint a ruler, a leader amongst themselves to become to become the leader of the Muslims now." So Abu Bakr anhu, he realized that you know this is a very big decision and this is a big matter. And Abu Bakr عنه, he knew, he knew because he was, he was a person who had knowledge. He was the most knowledgeable of the companions of the Prophet overall. wasallam overall. Abu Bakr knew that this matter, the matter of becoming Amirul Mu'mineen, it is something for the Quraysh, it is not for the Ansar. Abu Bakr r.a knew this. So Abu Bakr عنه, he got Umar and he got Abu Ubaidah al-Jarrah and all three of them are from the Muhajirun from the Quraysh. Abu Bakr and Umar and Abu Ubaidah all of them from the Quraysh. So Abu Bakr and Umar and Abu Ubaidah they went and they joined that meeting and the Ansar were already there discussing it amongst themselves. Now three of the Muhajirin are there Abu Bakr and Umar and Abu Ubaidah and Umar radiallahu an he said that before going into that meeting I had prepared in my mind a speech I had prepared a speech in my mind and I was ready to present that speech to them regarding this issue so he was ready Umar had already prepared what he was going to say so Abu Bakr and Umar and Abu Ubaidah they joined the meeting and the Ansar are talking and they say that look this is our city we are the people who are originally from Medina so one of us should take over the leadership now. As for the muhajireen, you guys, and they're addressing Abu Bakr and Umar and Abu Ubaidah. He said to them, the spokesperson of the Ansar, he said to them, you guys, you came from Mecca. And you are not originally from Medina. So it seems like one of us, because this is our city and we are the original inhabitants of the city. It seems like one of us should take over the position of leadership of the Ummah. And they were ready to appoint Sa'ad ibn Ubadah in that position. So Abu Bakr and Umar and Abu Ubaidah they let the Ansar speak, whatever they had to say. And after they finished speaking, after they gave their reasons why they felt one of them should be put in the position of authority, then Umar wanted to speak after that. Umar wanted to speak with the speech that he had prepared in his mind. He was ready to speak. So he got up and he was ready to speak. But then Abu Bakr held his hand. Like, stop. Don't speak. Stop. And Umar mentions that Abu Bakr gave me a look. He gave me a look and I, I knew what that look meant. He gave me a stare. And that stare means you don't say anything. You sit down and you be quiet. So Umar, radiallahu anh, he understood this, this look that Abu Bakr gave him with his eyes. And he said, Okay, I don't want to make him mad. He sat down. And Abu Bakr, radiallahu anh, he went up to speak. So Abu Bakr radiallahu started to speak. And now he knows, Abu Bakr knows that the position of the Ansar regarding this issue is wrong. That it should not be one of them who becomes Amirul Mu'mineen. He knows this. Abu Bakr knows this. But he can't just tell that to them straight out, like, no. It has to be one of us you guys you are not in a position to be demanding to become the rulers it is not for you it is for us he could not say it like that he did not he did not want to make any fitna so he started his speech after praising allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending salah and salam on the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. he started his speech by praising the ansar by mentioning the virtues of the ansar by mentioning the praise that the Prophet ﷺ had given to the Ansar, when the Prophet ﷺ said, "لو سلك الناس شعباً وسلك الأنصار شعباً لسلكت شعب الانسار. where the Prophet said that if the people were to take one path and the Ansar were to take one path, I would take the path of the Ansar. Allahumma arhami ansar wa abana al-Ansar wa abna'a abna'a al-Ansar the du'a that the Prophet ﷺ made for the Ansar, Oh Allah, have mercy on the Ansar, have mercy on the children of the Ansar, have mercy on the children of the children of the Ansar. So Abu Bakr, anh, he mentioned all of this, that yes, you are great people, you are people that helped the, the Prophet ﷺ and the Muhajireen, you are people whom Allah and his Prophet ﷺ have honored and blessed, and you are people who have a great position in Islam. Abu Bakr started his speech praising these people to soften their hearts, to soften their hearts for what he was about to say. If he just said it straight out that no, leadership belongs to the Quraysh. That might have been difficult for them. But he started out by softening their hearts to prepare them for what he was about to say. So again, look, look, it just shows the leadership qualities of Abu Bakr, how he is able to win the hearts of the people. Someone whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed with qualities of a true and real leader. So he praised the Ansar and he mentioned the praise of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa for the Ansar as well. But then he said finally, he said to Sa'ad, Sa'ad Radiallahu anhu, Sa'ad ibn Ubada, the leader of the Ansar, the leader of the tribe of Khazraj. He said to him, Ya Sa'ad, you know, you know that the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, you were there you were present when the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said quraishun ulatu hadhal amr quraishun hadha amr the quraish are the ones who are in charge of this matter the khalifa the ruler has to be from the quraish ya Sa'd, you were there when the prophet sallallahu you heard it with your own ears from the mouth of the Prophet, ﷺ, right, Ya Sa'ad? And Sa'ad admitted it. He said, Yes, Sadaqt, Ya Abba Bakr. Sa'ad was a good man, an honest man. And he said, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth, Ya Abba Bakr. And we accept this. And Abu Bakr, radiallahu another beautiful characteristic of his was that whenever he spoke, he spoke with dalil, with evidence from the Quran or the Sunnah. Even when the Prophet وسلم, passed away and he mentioned in his speech من كان يعبد محمدا فإن محمد قدمات كان يعبد الله فإن الله حي لا يموت Then he supported that with evidence from the Qur'an وما محمد إلا رسول قد خلت من قبله الرسول Look at the speech of Abu Bakr قَالَ اللَّهُ وَقَالَ الرسول. Whenever Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه, would speak he would he would back everything up with evidence from the Quran or the Sunnah of the Prophet. ﷺ. This is why he was so effective in his speech. So one of the evidences that he gave as well to the Ansar that this matter belongs to the Quraysh. This matter belongs to, to the Muhajireen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Ya iuhaladina wa kunu maas sadiqin يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اللَّهِ وَكُونُوا O oh, you who believe, fear Allah, and be with the Sadiqeen. Be with the Sadiqeen. What does that mean, be with the sadiqeen It means the sadiqeen are your leaders and you have to be with them. So who are the sadiqeen And Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه, mentioned the ayah لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرِضْوَانًا Allaha اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ أُولَٰئِكَ Humus Sadiqun. Who are the Sadiqun? Who are the Sadiqun? They are the Muhajireen who have been expelled from their homes. They are the Muhajireen who came to who came from Mecca to Medina. Allah says about them, أُولَٰئِكَ Humus Sadiqun. These people are a Sadiqun. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about the sadiqeen? يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اللَّهِ وَكُونُوا مَعَ الصَّادِقِينَ. O you who believe, fear Allah and be with the sadiqeen. So what does this prove? This proves that the Quraysh are the ones that you have to be with. That the rulers are going to be from the Quraysh and you have to support them and be with them. So this was one of the evidences from the Qur'an that Abu Bakr brought as well. So of course... When you say, قَالَ اللَّهُ وَقَالَ Rasul," Nobody can argue with you. No true Muslim will ever argue when you present your evidence with قَالَ اللَّهُ وَقَالَ rasul Allah said and the Messenger said, that's it. That closes the door to any argumentation. So now, the Ansar, the people of Medina, the people of Aus and Khazraj who had gathered to appoint a ruler from amongst themselves, now all of them are accepting that yes, this matter belo- does not belong to us. This matter belongs to the Quraysh. This matter belongs to the muhajiri. So Umar who was ready to speak, he had prepared a speech in his mind and he was ready to say it. But Abu Bakr stopped him. So now he's listening to the speech of Abu Bakr and he's thinking to himself, Wow, everything he's saying is better than what I was going to say. Whatever I had prepared in his mind, Abu Bakr tops whatever I said. So he was so impressed with Abu Bakr And Umar mentions that I had prepared it beforehand in my mind. But Abu Bakr, he just went up there and started doing it like that. So this shows the position of Abu Bakr, the ilm of Abu Bakr, the leadership qualities of Abu Bakr. This is a very defining characteristic of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq So Umar an says, he mentions that when Abu Bakr was speaking, I was so impressed with everything that he said. Everything he said, I felt it was perfect. Except the last thing that he said, I didn't like it. The last part of what he said, what did he say? He said after establishing that the Quraysh should be the ones who are the rulers, that the ruler should be someone from the Quraysh, from the Muhajirin. after establishing that and after the Ansar accepted that, then Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, the last thing he said, and we have these two men here from the Muhajirin, Umar, and Abu Ubaidah, choose one of them and pledge your allegiance to to him. Choose one of them and make him the Khalifa. And Umar said, this is the part I didn't like. I didn't like when he said that. To select Umar or Abu Ubaidah. And Umar says, Wallahi, Wallahi, I would rather be beheaded. I would rather be beheaded than be made the ruler over a people whom Abu Bakr is one of them. I cannot be the ruler of a people if Abu Bakr is one of those people. Rather, he is the one who has the right to be the ruler. So when Abu Bakr said this, choose one of these two men. You have Umar, you have Abu Ubaidah al-Jarrah. Choose one of them and give your bay'ah, give your Pledge of Allegiance to him and make him your khalifa. Before they could do anything or say anything, Umar spoke out now. He said la ya Abu Bakr no ya Abu Bakr rather it is you who we will give our bay'ah to rather it is you whom we will give our pledge of allegiance to and then Umar an took out his hand he took the hand of Abu Bakr and he said ubayyuka i give you my pledge of allegiance ya Abu Bakr so now the door of bay'ah is open Umar gave his bay'ah to Abu Bakr and now everyone starts giving their bay'ah to Abu Bakr so all of the ansar who were there they also gave their pledge of allegiance to Abu Bakr radiallahu an and this is how Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an became the first khalifa of Rasulullah sallallahu the first successor of the prophet sallallahu and the first of the khulafa al rashidin so now Abu Bakr radiallahu an is amirul Mu'mineen. Abu Bakr radiallahu an is amirul mu'minin later on they went to the masjid so this, this bay'ah of Abu Bakr at Saqifa Bani Sa'idah, it was only attended by those VIPs of the Ansar and those few muhajireen who were there. There were not so many people there. But now there had to be also a general announcement that we have selected Abu Bakr عنه, as the Amirul Mu'mineen, as the Khalifa. So later on they went to the masjid. And Umar radiAllahu anh, he spoke to the general public. The people had come to the masjid, the general public, the Muslims had come to the masjid. And Umar radiAllahu anh, he addressed them. And he said to them, who did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam appoint to lead the prayers while he was sick, while he was ill? And they all remembered, it was Abu Bakr. And you know, this is just a few days ago. It was Abu Bakr r.a. And then Umar An said to the people, okay, so now, would any one of you ever feel comfortable being the Imam of Abu Bakr? Would any one of you ever feel comfortable leading the Salah while Abu Bakr is praying behind you? When the Prophet ﷺ appointed him to be the Imam, would anyone want to lead Abu Bakr in Salah? And they said, Na'udhu Billah. No, no, of course not. Never. Never. So then Umar An said to them, Okay, so Abu Bakr An has been appointed as... The Khalifa of Rasulullah, as the successor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Abu Bakr has been chosen as Amirul Mu'mineen, and the people they understood that and they accepted it, and the people gave him their bayah as well. So Abu Bakr radiallahu an became the first Khalifa of the Muslims after the passing away of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu Bakr an then spoke. He gave a speech. He gave a speech as Amirul Mu'mineen and he said wallahi wallahi i never wanted to be the ruler this is not something that i wanted this is not something i ever asked for this is not something that i have ever sought and wallahi i never made dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give this to me neither publicly nor privately i never even asked allah to make me the ruler this is not something that i sought out but i have now been put in charge of these affairs and I know that it is a position in which I will have no comfort, I will have no rest. This is a position that is going to be very difficult, the responsibility is heavy on my shoulder so I know that from today there is no rest for me, there is no rest for me. And he said, O people, I have been put in charge of your affairs but I am not the best amongst you and this is another characteristic of Abu Bakr his humbleness he said "Inni alaykum wa عَلَيْكُمْ bi khayrikum he said to the people I have been put in charge of you but I am not the best amongst you but in actuality Abu Bakr عنه, was the best amongst them there is no person who ever walked on the face of the earth after the prophets who is better than Abu Bakr Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is the best human being after the Prophets of Allah. But out of his humbleness he said, Inni wulli tu alaikum walastu bi khairikum." he said, I have been put in charge of you, but I am not I am not the best of you. But wallahi he was the best of them. And then he said, if I do anything good, then help me with it. If you see me doing good, then help me do good. But if you see me doing anything wrong, then correct me. If you see me doing anything wrong, then set me straight and correct me. And then he said, the weak amongst you is strong in my eyes so that I may help him get his rights. And the strong amongst you is weak in my eyes until I take from him what he owes. Obey me in that which I obey Allah and His Messenger. If I am obeying Allah and His Messenger, then obey me in that. But if I disobey Allah and His Messenger, then there is no obedience to me. If I disobey Allah and His Messenger, then you are not obliged to obey me. This was from the first speech that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq r.a gave to the people when he was made Amirul Mu'mineen, when he was made the Khalifa of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So now Abu Bakr is going to start a new stage in his life. As the ruler of the ummah, as Amirul Mu'mineen. So now we will get into the stage of the life of Abu Bakr after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. For these past few weeks, since we started these these lessons on the life of Abu Bakr, many of the incidents that we mentioned overlapped with the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But now, starting from next week, inshallah, we will speak about. Abu Bakr as Amirul Mu'minin. Abu Bakr after the passing away of his Habib, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So we'll start talking about the khilaf of Abu Bakr next week. بإذن الله. والله